Okay, so we're going to be starting a new series that's titled No Matter What. Yeah, we don't really... Oh, y'all have a picture. I did not know that. It's a really cool picture. I like it. Um, and we're going to be starting the series with Daniel 3, like all of Daniel 3. So I'm just going to read through that, and hopefully God tells me something. If not, we'll just go from there. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he summoned the satraps, perfects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, perfects, governors, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lair, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of the gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lair, harp, and all cons of music, all the nations and people of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty may issue a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you may have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. The fury... Fury with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were bought before brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? I'm, not, I'm just going to stop there. I was going to just read through the whole thing. But so King Nebuchadnezzar is this almighty king. He believes that, Oh, I get all this worship. I need everyone to worship me. He's like that popular kid at school who thinks everyone loves her. Well, then we see that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are like, I don't worship that God. I worship my God. And they're following the one of ten commandments. Don't worship any other God higher than myself. God speaking from his point of view. So we see that 
King Nebuchadnezzar had already put in place, like, if you don't worship this statue, you're going to die. And they're like, okay, and we don't care. We still worship our God, our wonderful God. And so I'm going to continue reading. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship, worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able, then what God will be able to rescue you, rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown in a blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious which Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times harder than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men firmly tied them to the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. The fourth looks like a son of the gods. Okay, so just read a lot there. And it's, you can get a lot from this passage. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't care if they died. They were like, throw me in the furnace. I don't care. I'm not going to praise your God. I'm not going to worship more than one God, the only God that I know is my God and the one and only God. And in my notes, I put the bullet points, bravery, bravery, faith, and courage. That's the three main points that I want to get to because I would never, with my human mindset right now, I would never want to get thrown into a furnace that's seven times harder than anything. Like anything with fire, I'll be like, mm, I'm good, back away. And it's just insane how these three men were so brave and so strong in their faith and so courageous that they're like, I'm willing to die than have my faith corrupted and have my faith look like have myself not be towards my God, like the one and only. So King Nebuchadnezzar was like, 
Okay, I don't care. Throw them into a furnace with all their clothes. And I don't know if you've ever been in a furnace, but a furnace is really hot. It's like all this metal. And back then, it would probably have looked like a big pot, like an elephant, you know? Kind of like a big metal elephant with like metal that thick. I don't know if you can see, but it's like pretty thick. And so it was big enough to fit three grown men into it. And so just looking into this scripture, you can see that they didn't care what was going on. They didn't care what happened to them, even if it meant death. Well, that comes back to kick King Nebuchadnezzar in the butt because we see he quotations in the Bible. It has quotations. King Nebuchadnezzar says it himself. Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Mind-blowing. He even witnessed it. It is in the Bible, guys. And, like, it took three men to risk their life to have one king do a 180 on his own self to see that there was a man, fourth man. Let me go back. If we were... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you do before you in this matter. If we are thrown into a blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Son of God. Come on, that is so mind-blowing. Like, I, I may look like a psycho up here, but it's mind-blowing. Because it says their God's going to come save them. And it took them risking their lives for King Nebuchadnezzar to, in the end, start worshiping their God. Like, in the end of this chapter, we see that the king, it says, verse 30, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. They were already pretty up up here for who they are and worshiping a whole different God, but they're like up there now, like they're up there. So it takes a lot for people to see who God is. And it takes a lot of cost, I guess you could say, from Christians to show people who their God is. I was talking with my mom today about the message, and I was like, when I first heard about this message, I was like, drawn back to like my first youth trip. People from like the beginning, like when I first started my walk with Christ, I was in marching band. And so I had been, our youth trip was in July. It was the first youth trip ever. I wasn't, like, I was with the Christian thing, but I didn't really understand the Christian thing. And so 
I really wanted to go to this youth trip, and I had to choose between marching band and marching my first game ever, or going on this youth trip with people I barely knew and going to the beach. In my head, I'm still the same way. I, I really wanted to go with the band because if I was still in band, I'm not anymore. <sighs> Whew. But if I was still in band, it would have gained me more tuition and more scholarships looking at colleges in the future. But I had to choose between the two. And so I chose, on, I chose the youth trip. That's why I'm up here, because God knows he worked through me. I didn't know what he was doing, but he did. And he, I thought, since I wasn't marching my first game ever in marching band, I thought, I'm just going to be this girl in the background who doesn't know what she's doing, doesn't understand what's going on on this field, because marching band's complicated. It really is. You have to memorize all these sets and different shapes and numbers, whole mess. But the outcome was on my first game, I was on the sideline with my older sister. She was in color guard, I was a flute player, whoop whoop. And I had this woman take a picture of me and she was just talking to us during the halftime show. She was like, this is ridiculous. They shouldn't do this to y'all. Y'all are on a Christian religious vacation. I don't know how she worded it. It wasn't a vacation. It was more like eye-opening thing, but, you know. And it got so popular on social media. And I was at home Saturday I remember it distinctly because I'm dramatic. If y'all don't know that, I'm very dramatic. <laughs> like, smallest thing can happen to me, and I'll bust out in tears and just cry my eyes out. Cry my eyes out. And my mom, she was just like, she came up to me, and I was just like, but this girl got to march, and she was out for two weeks, and she didn't even go on a Christian retreat. She went to the beach with her family, and I was just so heartbroken. And I was like, it was worthless. I shouldn't have gone on that youth trip. I should have just stayed at home and done, like, I just had these so many things run through my head, because I only missed one day of marching band boot camp. But this girl missed the whole week, and a whole nother week. So I was really upset. And she, like, she got stern with me. She was like, Meadow, stop being dramatic. You're being dramatic chill, and she, she pulled out her phone, and she was like, Meadow, look at all these comments. Look at all these reposts. People are stepping up and talking about it because you took the first step. You took the cost of this to cause this, and I was like, mind blown, because like now in marching band, it was like the smallest thing, but now with the marching band, you're allowed to miss boot camp, marching man boot camp, for a religious activity. And it was all because I took that first step and I paid the price. In my head, I was like, I don't know how old, maybe like 11, 12, 13, one of those ages. And I was like, my world's over, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be good at anything. 
And it just takes like, that's like one of the small things. There's people all across the world. Like it was popular at one point and everyone's talking about it, but it's still happening. There's people, there are Christians in third world countries getting killed just for spreading the gospel. Getting shot in the head, laid in the lawn, getting asked, are you Christian? If you are, we're going to kill you. There, there are people in those lawns who are saying, yes, I'm a Christian, and I don't care if you kill me. I don't care what you do to me. I'm going to worship my God, and I'm going to spread his word. They're paying the price so people know Christ. And it's just amazing because, like, I myself, I know, like, I say, like, my problem was so big. It was tragic. But just, like, in the Bible, people were getting thrown, at furnace, thrown in furnaces, burned alive. And there are people put in lawns in third world countries getting shot. But there are people here in our town, the Bible Belt, who say they're Christians but don't live the Christian life. But there are people who are really Christians who live the Christian life but won't share the gospel because they're scared. Oh, I'll lose this friend. Oh, they'll exclude me. Oh, these people don't like Christians, so I should just keep hush-hush and just live the life that they live. There's so many people out there who need to hear the gospel. So my question, I don't know if this is the end. Who knows? After this question, God could be like, hey, I want you to speak another 30 minutes. And so the question is, what are you willing to do? What are the what are the costs you're willing, like, what are the prices, like, what are you willing to do to spread the word, to do what Meshach, hold up, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I don't know why, I just don't remember the names, I remember Meshach, I'm not one of those people who, like, oh, let's go to Luke 30 something something, and, like, I'm not one of those people, I need the Bible, I don't do memory, and just, like, what are you willing to do? Like, how, like, are you one of those people who are like, hi, I'm just going to stand here in my little Christian box and I'm just going to step out of it and come back to it when I need God. Like, God, just give me an A on that test so my parents don't ground me kind of people. Or are you one of those people who are like, I'll stay in this box for a little while hop out of it, and then I'll come back to it. Or you're one of those people who are like, I don't care what happens to me, I just want to praise Jesus. Just whatever's thrown at me, whoever comes in my life, I don't care. As long as I get to spread the word, I'm good. Because it's very important to know where you are in your Christian walk, and it's important to evaluate yourself and realize Am I just putting on this front that I would do anything? And I don't care who leaves my life. I don't care what happens to me. 
Or are you just one of those people who actually, like, do, like, are you one of those people who put on the front? Are you a person who's, like, real with everyone, straightforward? Because we need people who are straightforward. We need people to tell others, like, hey, you're not a Christian, and I'm telling you this because I'm your friend, and who will actually be there for people and who will actually share the word and not sugarcoat it. One of the things that get on my nerves are when people sugarcoat things because they take little snippets and people just, like, give me that verse, sugarcoat it a little bit, put some caramel on it, some whipped cream, and I'll be good. And they don't get the full word. They don't understand it. So what price are you willing to pay for others to get the word? So I'm going to read this a little bit. I don't know if I have, um, yeah, well, I'm going to read what I put on this paper because I've just been staring at it, and I don't know why. It, I just, I put, God calls us to do things that don't seem possible to the eye of a human. These are the people I want to be. I have had, I have made a lot of decisions. Oh, I guess that, whoa, that's crazy. Oh my gosh. I thought that was just like a little note I put for the verse, verses I wrote, but no, I actually wrote that from, whoo. Sorry, I got a little freaked out. I was like, whoo. But, so, like I said, God calls us to do a lot of things that don't seem possible to the off. Like, I never thought I'd be up on this stage. I never thought Kenny would let me up on this stage because I'm a bit crazy and I'm a bit out there a little bit. And I don't sometimes make sense and I repeat myself and I can't talk sometimes. But like I said at the end, I made a lot of decisions. If you know me, I'm always one of those people who are like, okay, I have to make a decision for this or a decision for that and it has to be straight in the middle. Because, okay, so I am in show choir. Yes, I dance and sing. I'm a Belle, Bella from Pitch Perfect. I, yeah. And so I, had, I thought I had to choose between show choir and Chicago, our latest admission trip that we just got back from, like, a few days ago. It was amazing. I loved it. Talked a lot of ears off. And it was just, in Chicago, you don't see a lot of people who just blurt out, like, here in Alabama, we have it lucky, like, sort of lucky. I still think that it's dreadful that a lot of people just know the word, know the word, quotations. And, like, you see Christian shirts, like, so will I, and, like, as great as a lawn or whatever. And we see that so many people here in Alabama, the Bible Belt, so many people wear these Christian t-shirts. Well, if you've never been to a big city, you're in for a surprise. Because in Chicago, you didn't see any Christian shirts. If you did, you were surprised because there's not a lot of churches in Chicago, and not a lot of people share the gospel in Chicago because, well, I don't know why. It's a big city. I've only been there for like a week, and 
hopefully get to go back. Don't know. God, please. <laughs> and it's just like, if like one of our people from our church went to Chicago about a year ago, had no idea what she was getting herself into, she was like going to plant a church. And that's where we went to help. And her process was leaving people that she knew and a comfort, like, from her comfort zone and going to a place where Christianity wasn't even really fond of. And so it's just like everyone has different things that they have to choose from. And so everyone's is different. Like, mom was a lot with myself making decisions about my life and making decisions about people in my life and people in my family who were coming in and out of my life, and I had to choose for God, pretty much. Like, God was like, hey, you either can stay in this little hole or you can be a little flower and grow into a big, humongous tree on my, like, grow into my trunk and, like, become a little lamb and then become a big branch, you know, on his little tree. I could draw a picture. Like, I made a picture before, and it's a really cool picture. And so if you're not a Christian, you need to choose. Like, what are you willing, like, are you willing to give up your old life and go into a new one with Christ? And for Christians, it's, what are you willing to give up for God's will? And what are you willing to do for God's will? Because no matter what, it's all going to be for God's will. It's always going to be for God. He's always going to be the tunnel, light in the tunnel. And he's always going to be the one that you're going to try to reach for. So... Yeah, that was my message. So I'm going to pray. Because let me just tell y'all, I don't feel like I did well. I'm going to be honest. I don't feel like I did well because I feel like I just rambled. But if y'all got something out of it, praise Jesus because I have no idea if y'all did. So, <laughs> I mean, I did. But if y'all didn't, just bear with me, okay? Because who knows, I may be back up here at some point. So I'm going to pray. So yeah, God, just thank you for everything that you've done for me and for everyone who went to Chicago, Lord. Just thank you for blessing me with the ability to speak. I don't know if these people got anything that I said, but I know that you definitely spoke to these people's hearts through what I spoke, Lord. And I just pray that you'll just work through their hearts because so many people here I know just are struggling with what you were calling them to do and struggling with decisions that you're asking them to make, Lord. And I know the, I know there's a lot of things that people are hard to make decisions for because of certain things that have happened to them, but I just pray that you'll give them peace. And for the non-Christian that's in this room, Lord, I just pray that you'll work with them and just show them that they have to choose 
either the sinful wife or a wife where you bless them with your heart, Lord. So I just pray for the time of worship now and that you'll just work through these people's hearts. In your name I pray, amen.